Let's look at Romans chapter 14. You ready for Romans 14? So what is my subject? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no. We're going to have to bring more Baptists into our church so they can give us good subjects. Our Baptist brothers have the great subjects, don't they? Oh, uh, y'all don't know the Baptists. They have the best subjects. So let's look at, I'm going to read, start in, in uh, verse 1, because uh, I call this uh, Romans chapter 14, 2a, and because uh, there was a little bit I needed to get to, and I didn't get to it, so I thought, well, since I didn't get to that little bit, why don't I just do the whole thing? <laughs> See, you are so afraid. You know, it was supposed to invoke laughter, but everybody looked at me like, <laughs> not the whole thing. All right, let's look at verse 1, and I'm going to make as few comments as I can till I get down to the part where I was supposed to begin. Paul is talking to us about um, the law of liberty in that He's not talking about being uh, free to do unrighteous things, wicked things, but there are some things that God gives us um, the power to make the decision as to what we're going to do, uh, eating certain kinds of food or that kind of thing. He gives us uh, uh, the power to, to choose, to decide. And some, some of us have decided one thing and we, won't, we don't believe that what the other person decided is right. And so Paul is dealing with that. Uh, when I grew up, it, it had a lot to do with clothing, you know, that uh, we, we young kids wanted to wear various articles of clothing. We, we didn't want to wear the baggy pants. We didn't do the skinny jeans now, but, but they weren't even invented yet. But we, we, would, we would wear different things, and older people would tell us that was unholy, unrighteous. Our bodies were covered. Uh, it was just a new style. And uh, they would say, well, you know, you're not welcome here. And there were churches that actually split over young people coming in being zealous for God. They just split because they could not receive them. It's, somebody said very well that the, the greatest enemy to the new move of God is the old move of God. And it's pretty, it's said pretty well. And, and, I, and I was talking to a, a brother, a well-known brother, won't give his name, but he said uh, he knew people who had been used of God greatly when the next generation came and it was slightly different than what they experienced, they were uh, enemy to that. God wouldn't do that. And so we have to be careful about receiving people. And my wife would probably say it like this, cut them some slack. You know, cut the people some slack or let them grow also. Uh, you were allowed to grow. So this is what Paul is talking about. I call chapter 14 uh, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, Romans 14, in this regard because in Romans 14, we learn how to deal with people who are different than us, who think a little slightly uh, different than the way we think things ought to be. And the way Paul tells us, I'll give you the answer, then I'll go and explain it perhaps. Uh, Paul tells us the way out of that is just to love, love people. And, and then receive people that, uh, whom God has received. You don't know everything. And sometimes, uh, this is my, my uh, a little preamble to my message, but sometimes when we were the craziest people out in the world, we learn a few scriptures and we come to the Lord now and we are the most 
uh, self-righteous people. I mean, just, you know, just closing the door on everybody, pharisaical, God wouldn't do that. I know because he told me, well, he may have told them something he didn't tell you. And so Paul is, is saying that I promise you as pastor, sometimes God will share with some of you things he hasn't shared with me. But when you share them with me, I say, sounds just like God. The word God doesn't have to go through me. I have to go through God. That's how that looks. And so let's look at this thing, right, and it doesn't mean you're not anointed because God didn't tell you first, you know, all right, you know, yeah, so yeah, you can be anointed, but God, God is God. Somebody wrote a song once that says, God is God all by himself. You can tell who wrote it, it said, and he don't need nobody else. <laughs> all right. Yeah, my folks are going to beat me up one of these days. Let's look at verse 1. Receive one who is weak in the faith. Now, what does this say? Receive one who is weak in the faith. Statement. But not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. So what Paul is saying is that, is that in this day there were a lot of vegetarians. It doesn't mean that if somebody is in our audience today and you're a vegetarian, you're a weak Christian. Not so. I mean, a lot of meat eaters, carnivorous people are weak, right? So that's not what he was talking about. But in that day, there was a lot of idol worship, and people were sacrificing animals to, uh, to idol gods. And some Christians said, I ain't, ain't going to touch it. I just won't eat meat because I don't know where it came from. If I didn't kill the chicken, I'm not going to eat it. Right? If I didn't cut that rib eye off that, uh, off that beef, I'm not going to eat it. I don't know where, it, where it's been. And so some Christians say, hey, man, I pray over that real bad, and I tear that thing up. <laughs> and, and so he's saying the, the guy who eats the real bad doesn't need to point the finger at the people who are eating the vegetables, and the people who are eating the vegetables don't need to accuse uh, the people who are eating real bad. Say, God received both of y'all. He saved both of you. You have to understand that. Now, we're not talking about wickedness. You know, you're doing something that's very wicked that, that God has already prohibited, and you're thinking, well, well, I don't care. You know, I can do whatever I want to do because, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I go to church, you know. I've heard those things. You know, guys living like, like they never knew God, never knew that God was a supreme being, you know, and uh, they do whatever they want to. They made it up themselves. Uh, that's not what God is talking about, because uh, you, you, if you get close to God, he will always convict you. He'll always prick your conscience. So Paul goes on to say in verse 4, who are you to judge another servant? Now, he's not talking about He's talking about like a domestic servant. For example, if, if one of you uh, had a servant and uh, you were very happy with that servant, what if some, one of your buddies come in and say, man, you need to get rid of that, that servant. That servant didn't do that. I walked in here and that servant didn't, didn't give me a glass of water. You need to get rid of that servant. That's not a good servant. He said, hey, it's to that person that that servant stands or falls. And what Paul is saying is you and I are going around judging God's servants 
It's to God whether we stand or fall. But Paul says, and no matter how we look presently, God is able to make us stand. And, and that's, I'm very strong on that because it, the, the Holy Spirit gave me this understanding that if God can do something and the devil can come and undo God's doing, the devil's more powerful. But we know he's not more powerful because we serve what? Who? The Almighty God. The Almighty God. So let's look, keep looking at this. So, okay, what is my intent? What is my goal? That we would stop looking at everybody, okay, with the side eye. Is that how I said? Side eye. Okay. Uh, okay. We, the side eye. Now, what is the side eye? Like this? How is it? All right. Yeah. Side like this. Okay. I didn't know. But, but the side eye. Now, some of y'all are looking down. What, do you do side eye? Is that why you're looking down now? All right. Verse 4 says, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or fall. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. So I've given you my support scriptures, but let me, so let me go down to verse 5. So he's talking about you and I not being abusive to Christians, to Christian brothers and sisters. Sometimes we're just abusive. We're not talking about do whatever you want to. If it feels good, do it. We're not preaching that kind of gospel. That's the wrong gospel. But stop abusing brothers and sisters. Verse 5 says, one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. I know there are people who say to me, um, I don't believe in Christmas. I go, wow. Uh, do you believe in Christmas, Pastor? I said, I do. Been my favorite holiday since I started. Well, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. I, I, I agree with you. He probably, more, more than likely, was not born there. So, well, why do you celebrate Christmas? Because it's a day we set aside to remember the coming of the Savior. Yeah. Now, they don't believe in it. I don't condemn them for not believing in it. They're just missing some good meals and good fellowship. But... <laughs> I don't condemn them. I don't go around preaching against the people who don't believe in Christmas, right? Somebody says, uh, well, well, you believe in a Christmas tree, and you remember Jeremiah, the scripture of Jeremiah? No, I don't believe in Christmas tree. I don't, I don't like them. But, uh, well, why do you, do you do it? Well, my wife told me to get one. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> I'm on my way to heaven with her, on my way to heaven. She, 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 she's just thinking about Jesus and the baby born in Bethlehem and uh, had a manger for his bassinet and, and we love Jesus. She loves Jesus, married a preacher who loves Jesus, and now she just wants to decorate that thing. Oh, decorate that thing. You know, I, I, I don't, I, you say, well, do you help? Do you help? Do you help decorate it? Only if she tells me. It's true. That's true. I'm being real transparent here. So, so I, but, but if it were left up to me, I'd never have one of them. Huh? What? I'd have a manger scene. Yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's who I am. I'm a, and so, you can have a manger scene in my house. You can see a Christmas tree. You can see all kinds of wreaths everywhere. Is that, what does that have to do with Christmas? Nothing. <laughs> Has to do with, with the people. Are you still with me? Yes. 
No, nobody's going to hell because they did that. Nobody is worshiping that green evergreen tree. And if you are, God help you. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's worshiping that thing. All right? So, so, so they, this is what, this is how serious this was in that day. The church was being divided over something like eating, eating meat. You know, churches, so you, you, have, you go to the church that only eats vegetables. Or I go to the church that eats meat because I believe it. And we don't care. Those weak people over there who's, who are eating the vegetables, they can't come over here because we are people of faith. That's what the church was doing. You know, I mean, we do, we do stuff like that. You know, really, we do stuff like that. I don't like the music in that church. What? Uh, you know, I, I'm the, I, I like hymns. And so you're the church of the hymns. And then somebody else is a, is the church of the shooby dooby dooby wife. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? You know, well, they do the shooby dooby dooby wife over there. No, we're just we're energetic. We're lively. We sing and we, we sway a little bit. You know, and sometimes some people, I've seen people doing this while they're loving Jesus. And somebody looking at them. You know, this, this, is, this is so ridiculous. So Paul says, he says, uh, how does he say it? He said, um, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. So you eating meat to the Lord. I prayed and said, thank you, Jesus, for this, tea, this, this good ribeye. And somebody said, Jesus, I thank you for these greens and, and, this, and this bread. And you both belong to the Lord. You're not better than somebody because, uh, because you eat meat and they eat vegetables. You're not better than somebody because of the way you sing and the, the way they don't. You know, the people who are singing the hymns are singing them to the Lord. And those people who are singing the other stuff that I really like, we're singing it to the Lord. I can sing the hymns. I can enjoy the hymns with you. I can enjoy this, this other with you. Come on, because whether we sing the hymns or the other, we are the Lord's. We belong to the Lord. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm moving pretty fast, I think. My mother-in-law, well, I'll never forget my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law really was one of my biggest supporters in, in the beginning. And uh, I could almost say she was my biggest supporter, but that would not be right. It would cause much damage to me. <laughs> but my mother-in-law was amazing. She would always come and encourage and encourage and encourage and encourage and encourage. You know, she didn't. She came from the Methodist church. They sang hymns, all the hymns. They sang them. She came. And so one day one of her friends was saying, oh, Thelma, girl, I went to one of them churches where they sing off the wall, girl. They sing off the wall. And my mother-in-law said, oh, my son-in-law pastors one of those. <laughs> you know, we had the little... What do you call that thing? Projectors. Projectors, yeah. Yeah, so super. Look, come on, we're, we're, we're the Lord's. We belong to the Lord. Listen to what he says. He says, um, he who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So Paul is wonderful. Amen. Mm. 
know, Paul tells the Colossians in Colossians 2.16, he says, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Don't let anybody judge you. In other words, don't, don't feel like nobody loves you. Don't feel like uh, I, I can't do anything right. He said, no, don't let them judge you. Keep going. Keep doing what God gave you to do. And... Um, let, let me tell you in First Timothy 4, I, I did not do this in the last service, but I feel like compelled a little bit. And, uh, verses 1 through 5, just go ahead and put that up there. First Tim, uh, Timothy uh, 4, 1 through 5. And, 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 and while you, while, okay, let me go. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, these are times we're living in, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, now listen, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now listen to what Paul says, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now somebody might say, say, well, I don't eat pork, I don't care what anybody says, you know, that it's bad for the hell. Well, a little pork is not bad for your health. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, 76 years old and I, I prefer pork tamales. Amen. Amen. All right. So super. Super. I prefer. Say, and listen, and I've lived a long time. I've lived 57 or 8 years in South Texas doing that. Why? But I don't overdo it. I don't overdo it, but I haven't sinned because I, I ate some pork. I didn't sin because I did that. See, God, God, Paul says, you know, Pray over your food. So maybe one of the, maybe we're getting sick from food because we don't pray. Maybe we just see it and say, Atake, you know. <laughs> Amen. 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 So so let me read something from Philippians two. Did I just read that? Okay, uh, verse 5, verse 5. The story would go 5 through 11. And so this is talking about the humble Christ and the exalted Christ. Most human beings, I would say all human beings, almost all human beings, let me say it like that, almost all human beings, cannot be both humble and exalted. Sometimes if you start to tell people too many good things about themselves, they get a big head. You don't look around you. Don't look around. <laughs> don't look don't look around because you may be looking at that person and you know they have a big head, right? But some people, you start to, to, to encourage them and speak well and go ahead just so. I was talking to someone last night. This person, uh, I think it's okay to tell you because I won't tell you the names. This person just started to uh, bless her husband, tell him because he was very shy, was, didn't have confidence, and just started to build him up, build him up, build him up, build him up. After a while, he got so big in the head, he started looking down on her and thought, thought telling him what she was not. No, it was what he was not. 
You see, Jesus is humble and he is exalted at the same time. We want to be like Jesus. Be humble and, and then let God just lift you high and high and high. Remember that song we sing? How was that song, this song go? He will lift you high, you're in higher and higher. It was a charismatic song. To the Lord, and He will lift. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you high, higher and higher and higher. He will lift you higher. There's no charismatic. All the pastor. How does that go? Humble yourself mm, and in the sight of the Lord, and He lift you up higher and higher and he will lift you up. Wow. So, so that's what you can do. Jesus was humble and what God has highly exalted him. Let's read the scripture. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you can open your mind to be, to have the same mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So you can have the mind of Christ as a believer. Now you, you can what be humble and exalted at the same time. So God promotes you and you're going to be all right. You're not going to get big headed and think you're better than everybody else and I only wear our money suits and, and I, I'm too good for the J.C. Penny. No, God is able to bring you down. God is able to bring you down. Now listen what, he, what, what, he, what we find here. He says, let this mind be in you. So you have to allow this mind to be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, now listen, did not think it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, what? He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus, knowing who he was, obeyed. Wow. Can you imagine? Here you are, little toddler, little toddler Jesus. I have this vivid imagination. Don't, don't, don't accuse me of being ungodly. Okay, vivid imagination. Little toddler Jesus walking out. You know, he had to grow and develop like everybody else. He walks out and he walks out, kind of wobbly a little bit, and, and he, he's just looking at the sky. Jesus, what are you looking at? I, I, I no, no. You know, you know, he didn't know. They can't talk yet. He's still learning. And then so he said, Jesus, what are you looking at? Sky, sky, sky. So later on, Jesus is developing, and he goes out, and he looks up at the sky. He looks up at the sky, and he, he, he has a connection there. He has a connection there. And then here's a 12-year-old Jesus, 12-year-old Jesus. He is in the temple. You know the story in Luke. He's in the temple talking with the doctors and the lawyers, and they are blown away with his understanding because now he knows who he is. He's 12 years old, and he knows that Joseph, yeah, married my mama, but I came from God. God is my daddy, Yahweh. Yahweh is my daddy. Jehovah is my daddy. He's my daddy. And so he's in there talking with them, and they're blown away. And when Mary says, Jesus, what do you think you're doing? You know, she, we know she didn't pop him. She didn't spank him. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, mess. So, she, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing? Your father, I've been looking for you all over. We, we've been worried to death about you. But, Mama, did you know I must be about my father's business? 
it blows him away at 12 years old. He knows he's a, he, he is, he is a, a, the son of God. He knows that he is, possibly knows that he is the lamb of God. Yeah. Yet at 12 years old, he conducts himself so powerfully. I just love the scriptures. I just love the scriptures. And so he humbled himself and he went back a 12 year old knowing he was God in human form. And he goes back to Nazareth and he submits himself to Mary and Joseph, two imperfect people. This is, he said, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. Hallelujah, somebody. God has highly exalted him given him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven listen everything in the heaven gonna bow and those on earth bow and those under the earth bow and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord what to the glory of God to the glory of the Father to the glory of the Father and you and I are to walk in this walk this out if you walk chapter 14 out people will say you're different Jesus was different let's walk it out everybody Mm. So that means when Jesus is Lord, that means he's a, the, a, a, the person uh, to whom everything belongs. He, he has the power to decide your future, your fate. It means that um, also, let me get back to my, yeah. It means that he is the owner of everything. He's the one who has control of everything. He is the sovereign. He is the prince of the universe. He is the chief person of the universe. Now, now let's look at, um, at um, uh, the ESV. I think I like the way the ESV reads this. Uh, uh, it says here, have this mind among yourselves, all of you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You're not, you haven't done wrong that you've received this mind. It's yours in Christ Jesus. So in order to have the, the right kind of mind that God approves, you have to be where? In Christ Jesus. And so you can be in Christ Jesus the day before you leave this building. You can be in Christ Jesus. It says, who though he was in the form of God, he was God in essence, in all of his essence, did not count equality with God. I prefer ESV here. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. I know my rights. I want my rights, God. I don't want to do, go walk through all this. I No. He didn't think, what did he do? But he emptied himself. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. He emptied himself. Wow. He made himself of no reputation and he abased himself. He brought himself lowly. He walked just like one of us. Nobody, nobody really knew he was the son of God. Nobody walked up to him and said, hey, man, you're God, man. Let me tell you what. In, in, in Matthew 16, the Bible talks about Peter. Jesus is, Jesus is so amazing. When you read the Bible, talk to Jesus while you're reading it. I mean, I talk to him always. You know, Jesus, you, you're amazing. Jesus, you're something else. Wow, Jesus. Whoa, Jesus. <laughs> you, know, you know, can you imagine? So he's, he's bringing something out of him, pulling them out. And this is how you know that people have been with, with God is they'll start to talk like God. 
you'll know they've been with Jesus because they sound like Jesus. They may not even know that there's a scripture there, but they're sounding like Jesus. And so he said, who do men say that I am? Oh, John the Baptist, uh, uh, one of the prophets, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, uh, Elijah, they're just saying everything. And, and so he said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. You've been talking to my dad. And upon this rock, not Peter, upon this rock, Jesus is the rock. Peter is a piece of the rock. If you got a piece of the rock, you got the rock all in you. But he, he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build. I will build. You can't build. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not. Can you say shall not? Shall not. Shall not prevail against it. Amen. Yes, and so he says at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that uh, everything on, earth, on heaven, earth, and under the earth, and that takes everybody in creation. Verse 12 says, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. There are things that b believers do that I don't prefer to do, and I, but I don't tell them, you're wrong, because they're walking in faith. It's not, they're not walking in sin, they're walking in faith. So let's look at, I would like to talk a little bit more. Let me talk just, I'm going to take two, more, two of your minutes, all right? Two more. Oh, I still got some on the clock, but I'm going to take two of yours. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about my, my encounter with uh, Brother Keith Lamb. I wanted to. I've told you before, but it, it's so pertinent here. Uh, I had heard about him from a Brother John Hall who had talked about how uh, Brother Lamb taught that in the last days, people groups are going to just go back to their people of their own nation. They're going to hang with people of their own nation because things are going to be so precarious, uncertain, and just crazy. And, uh, but see, we haven't gotten that memo, right? <laughs> we haven't. Yeah. You are my people group. <laughs> if you're in Jesus, you're my people group. So, so they will do that. And so Keith, I wanted to meet with him and talk with him about a number of things. And, and uh, uh, Scott, one of our brothers, Scott, drove me up there. And we went up there and, and I spent a day with him and uh, talking to him with Brother Rick Maul. And, uh, and I remember we started to talk about the Bema, the, the Bema, the, the judgment seat of Christ. I'd always been a little bit uncertain about the judgment seat of Christ because I thought I'm going to get there and Jesus is going to... Uh, tell me about all my sins and, and everything I've ever done, thought, you know, and, and all that. He's going to tell me about that, and I'm just going to be up there a blubbering mess and, and trying to get, him, to get him to not hold it against me. And, but I, I, Keith said something to me. Brother Keith said, he said, the Bema has nothing to do with sin. And he told me something that I knew, but I didn't know, you know. I knew it. He says, the cross has dealt with our sin. I said, I know, I knew that. 
you know? And, and, and so, and he says, the bima, or, or the judgment sheet of Christ, has to do with your uselessness or your usefulness. I said, I said, I got it. I got it. And so we just had a lovely time. And I was sharing with him things that, I, that God had revealed to me. He was sharing things with me. And he can tell the things I share with him. I won't pat my own back. But listen, so when you and I get to the, to the judgment seat of Christ, we can suffer loss. But it's loss of reward, not of my sonship. So, so this is what I wanted you to, to be clear on. So why then do we strive? Do we strive? Some people, believers will say, well, I, I, uh, um, I, I'm not serving God for a reward. You think that's so big? Here's your daddy. Your daddy has, he, he's a, the richest person in the universe. Everything in the whole universe, and, and, and the scientists say they have not found the end of it yet. Everything belongs to him. All, he says all the silver and the gold belongs to him. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. Whatever, these rare earth minerals, they belong to him. And, and I believe that he, is, he has gold, probably gold mountain, gold worlds, because he's transported it in the new Jerusalem to make pavement out of it. And all of the precious gems, they're our wallpaper. Wow. And he wants to give you. It's like a daddy, a mom wants to give you. They want to give you, give you, give you. Stinginess is not of God. So God wants to be generous and give you. So he gives you jobs to do and he wants you to do them. He says, yeah, it's like 10 cities. I want you to be, be over 10 cities, be over five cities. What if it were later, I want you to be over 10 worlds. I want you to be over another universe. God wants to give you, and he wants you to be faithful as he gives to you. Okay, now let me get back, and I'm going to read, and hopefully be done. Uh, the law of love. This is what I call this section. Uh, verse uh, 14. Verse 14. 14, 14. Paul says, I know. Not, listen, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean to him, it is unclean. And that's, that's powerful doctrine. You've got to, you, this, this is school zone stuff. What do you do in a school zone? You slow down. You pay, you, you pay attention because somebody can get hurt. He says, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. I'm going to eat. I don't care what you say. I'm going to go to that place over there. I don't care what you say, what you think, man, huh? I can do what I want to do, and I love God, too. But you, if you don't love your brother, you don't love God, because you, the love of God that you have is for your brother. Amen. So, so he says, uh, yet if your brother's greed because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Don't destroy with your religiosity, the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ 
in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Well, in 1 Corinthians 8 9, you don't have to go there. Let me read it. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. So just because, for example, I'm just going to give this as an example. Just because you can have a glass of wine doesn't mean you've got to you go to the, 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 the warehouse. There's a warehouse. What is it called? Anyway, you go to the liquor store. I know it can say that. You know, you go there and you come out with your big half a gallon. You know, and, and, and you're a deacon so-and-so, a pastor so-and-so, you got my wife. I don't care what they say, God gave me the freedom. They say, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. You know, you're not walking in love. You're not walking in love at all. And he says, you have become a stumbling block to those who are weak. In other words, you are causing them to stumble. Wouldn't it be it's the same thing as you see them walk by and you stick at your lip? That's what you're doing. So he says, we got to love each other. There are people who do things that I don't agree with, but I don't believe they're, they're going to hell. I, w I, w I would that they were more like me in those areas, but they're not. I'm going to tell you a story, and, 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 and then, and it's a, ter it's a terrible story, but I'm going to tell it. There was a guy, I knew him. He had been a terrible alcoholic, and bad guy, alcoholic, drank every day. He was under the power, and one day he got saved. One day he got saved. And after he got saved, he became such a Pharisee. He was judging everybody. And I said to his pastor, one day I said, how is so-and-so? And the pastor said, he was nicer when he was a drunk. Wow. Let that never be said. Let that never be said wherever we are. Let that never be said where we are. God did not raise you up for you to become bad. God raised you up that you might be more like him. Okay. Now, my last few verses are, my last few verses are verse 19, Romans 14, 19. It says, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify, build up another. The, the Spanish verb, edificar, to build up. Edificio, the building. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor to do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. And he says to the person who says they're strong, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. You don't have faith brandishing out. I'm a person of faith. I'm a man of faith. He said, have it to yourself before God. And then he said, makes a powerful statement. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Or happy is the man in the things he allows. You allow it, you're happy. Somebody else allows you, oh, hey, it's not about you. You're not the scriptures. You ought to walk in them. 
but you're not the scripture. And everything that comes into your head is not God. You have to rebuke some things, and then you compare those things that you're thinking with the Word of God. And don't be so religious that you're hurting people and damaging people. All right? All right, I'm, I'm coming around that band now. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. So that's what God has done for us. Thank you so much for your time. I bless you in Jesus' name.